and it makes a difference because I know now as difficult as this is, and it's as heartbreaking as it is, he's not here in person. I'd rather walk in and say, hey, Dad, what's for dinner? Hey, Dad, can we order a pizza? But I don't have that option, but I do have the option to connect with him in certain ways. And I'm going to go to hell and back, or in this case, heaven and back, to make sure I am able to connect with him. You are now listening to the Soul and Wonder podcast, episode 68, Messages from the Other Side with Joe McQuillan. Welcome to the Soul and Wonder podcast, where the conduits of the body, depths of the mind, and atlas of the soul are explored with devotion. Through cultural exchange, Christopher and Sarah and their guests will deliver sacred wisdom from around the globe, uncovering the hidden gems of conscious living and holistic healing, all to empower you on your journey of self-discovery. And now, here are your hosts, Christopher and Sarah. Welcome to another episode of the Soul and Wonder podcast. We are your hosts, Christopher and Sarah, and we were super happy to have you here on this really powerful, powerful interview, super heartfelt. We're going to be interviewing Joe McQuillan, the author of My Search for Christopher on the Other Side. Joe has a really powerful story, one full of grief, but also one full of profound healing as well. So to give you a summary of what the book is about, on the morning of January 3rd, 2016, Joe McQuillan's life was completely turned inside out when he received a call that his son, Christopher, along with three of his friends, was missing. They had been at a friend's lake house celebrating the end of Christmas break from college, and sometime during the evening of revelry, the four young men jumped into a canoe, paddled out onto the icy lake, capsized, and drowned. Now, Christopher's body was recovered first, the others over the next several dark days, and thus began a father's remarkable journey through grief, awakening, discovery, and acceptance as Joe, through mediums, research, and eventually direct communication, navigated his personal bridge to the other side. Joe's first contacts with Chris occurred through a medium via telephone. The messages were astounding and reassuring, but Joe wanted more. He needed to look into the face of the one talking and listening to his son. Now, to be clear, Joe is not a flaky guy given to flights of fancy. He grew up a blue-collar kid from Buffalo, New York, and he has done very well in several businesses. He's a solid citizen, happily married for 27 years, father of two other children, a family man, and a guy's guy who, at 61, still plays hockey with his pals. He would rather have stayed ignorant of the spiritual world. Um, but he did not have that choice. So Joe's journey through this heartbreaking event left him with the certainty of belief that we grow spiritually or we die. This is a book for all who have lost a loved one, especially if prematurely, and he hopes it brings you to the threshold of understanding and knowing that they are not gone. Some of the topics we'll be covering on this episode is the motivation behind Joe's book and the emotional roller coaster he went on to write this book, how he started receiving channeled messages from his son through writing, and a discussion on the tremendous healing he has experienced through opening himself up to communication with Christopher on the other side and how his revelations can help other parents also grieving the loss of a child. And let me tell you, I just have chills thinking about this interview. It was such a special interview. We really enjoyed speaking with Joe, and we hope that you enjoy it too. It's a powerful story and one that uh, can really help a lot of people. So again, we hope you enjoy it, and we'll catch you after the episode. All right, we are back now with Joe McQuillan. Joe, welcome to the Soul and Wonder podcast. We're so happy to have you here, especially after talking a bit before the recording about you and Chris both being from Buffalo. The and all, all your beautiful Buffalo connection. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden it became intimate. And I trust you, Chris. So we're good. <laughs> I'm glad I gained that for me. In Joe. the clear. In the clear. <laughs> In the clear. <laughs> so, Joe, we've, you know, shared a background of your story with our listeners already, and they've already gotten to know you before we've even started asking you questions. And I'm really 
curious to first talk about this book. Like, at what point in your journey did you know that you would eventually write a book about communicating with your son on the other side? Well, that's a great question. So it was uh, when I was told to. Um, uh, just over a year into it, um, I had gotten some uh, channeling messages. That actually, a year, the, the year anniversary of his, uh, of his crossing. And, uh, and prior to that, I had met with a bunch of mediums and taken some copious notes. It's a pretty good word for a kid from Buffalo, right, Chris? So, <laughs> so I had taken some copious notes about, um, you know, the, everything that, that, that happened, you know, all the interviews, the questions. And I was very, very careful about that. And what I really thought, sir, was that I was going to take those and use them at some point in time in the future to, to, to um, sit on a porch and, and reflect on these, these encounters I've had with my son. And about, uh, about in April of 2017, so about a year and a couple months in, I'd had a folder with a bunch of notes. And I was downstairs and I heard my wife talking to her brother, Rick, about how tenacious Christopher was as a boy. And he was, he was a handful. You know, he gets that he gets that uh, naturally. And he loved the association was from Buffalo. He was born in Chicago, but he was, a, in his mind, he was a Buffalo kid, you know? So, uh, and so he was just this, you know, tenacious kid and he'd, he'd play hide and seek and he'd, uh, he was two years old and he'd hide under a basket and you'd find him and he'd say hide again and he'd take off and he'd hide in a closet and say, you'd find him and he'd say hide. And this would go on all day. And I, I, I kind of heard Sally and, and Rick, you know, discussing that. And I smiled and sat, walked upstairs and knew that he was hiding again. And I had to, and I had to, these notes that I had been keeping and these stories that I've been writing down about my adventures connecting with my boy, um, I knew had to be a book. And, uh, and I got some subsequent messages from mediums, you know, just saying, you know, this, this, you know, wonderful guy, Andrew Anderson. And Andrew just said, are you writing a book? Because Christopher wants you to write a book and he wants to be on the cover. And, and, and this continued, you know, onward every time, you know, I'd go in front of a new medium, they'd say, what's this about a book that you're writing? You know, so Christopher, it was obviously apparent to me that this was something Christopher wanted to happen and he wanted to take what happened. We couldn't undo this bad event that, that, mm -hmm. that shook my life and, and caused him to cross over. But we couldn't do something good about this. And, and what he was really interested in is me helping people who lost kids, you know, specifically mm -hmm. fathers who don't think it's okay to, 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 to grieve and, and cry and, 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 and just let the you know, grief tsunami wave roll over you, you know? So, but, you know, so he would tell me to, to keep it up and keep going that we have something to do and we still do. You know, we still have a lot of work to do him and I. Mm. That's that's so beautiful, Joe. Um, and just to hear the co-creation that's going on, you know, I think we often think, and it's easy to think this being in this third dimensional realm that we're in this dense realm that we need to create with fellow, you know, what we can see, our friends, our family, whoever it might be, coworkers, but we can also co-create with the divine and people who have crossed over into spirit. And it's exactly what you're doing right now. And it's just, it's, it's so beautiful to hear that. And the message is, is so powerful and it's really important. Um, you know, you just touched on grief and it's okay, especially for men. And I think that's, that's a really hot topic and something that really needs to be talked about a lot more. So that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. I, and I, and I think, I think he felt that I was a good ambassador, you know, and I think mm -hmm. maybe some other people on the other side did too. You know, I've had guys come up to me and, and, and you know, I'm from Buffalo, Christopher, I'm a guy's guy, right? Uh, mm. Doesn't mean I'm not sensitive. And I got to tell you, I get taken down by grief maybe once a day and, and I let it flow over and then, uh, and I, I process it. And, and after this interview, I'm grabbing the dog and a sweatshirt and heading out to the grave because I've been gone a few days and, uh, and just sit and talk to him. You know, I'm not, it's not like I'm some old man sitting in the park feeding pigeons. You know, I go there because I feel a really good connection with him there. I don't think he lives in the grave. <laughs> I know he doesn't, mm -hmm. but he and I have a good energy connection at that, at that graveyard. And I'll probably, since it's not windy, let off a Chinese lantern to my boy, you know, kind of a thank you for coming to me. 
uh, so clearly in uh, in Sedona. Tell our listeners a bit about that story in Sedona um, as a little intermission here, because I thought you were telling us about that before we started recording, and I thought that was a beautiful example of how he does show up. You know what? And he does. I mean, he's with me all the time. Um, but what I, what I really uh, I need to you know I wrote this book and I'm very very proud of it and he's real proud of it and uh, and it was co-written you know and uh, you know he was on every keystroke every paragraph you know was my boy and so <clears throat> I went out to I actually went out there's a ranch called Inbalance Ranch that he was at it's a it's a it's a ranch it's a therapeutic boarding school for boys between 14 and 18 with addiction and some discipline problems and. And he was there, stayed there for, for high for a year of high school, and then stayed on his staff, and became very involved with it. And so, we've embraced that. I'm on the board, and so uh, people who, who run it are the Barrasos. They own it. I just adore them, adore the whole family, and they love my boy. In fact, I, I I went out there, and it was the first time I got to see the new bunkhouse because it was built on an old dude ranch by Fort Hachuca, you know, right near Tombstone, Arizona, and the new bunkhouse. Uh, is McQuillan Manor named after my son. So I went out there for a fundraiser and uh, in Tucson and then went down the next day. I asked Patrick if I could talk to the boys again. It's the third year in a row. Where it's just me and the boys. And there are 35 of these kids that I see my son in and hell, I see me in, you know, and and just talking one-on-one. And, you know, and the kids were all, arms were crossed and like, who's this guy? And by the end of it, guys were coming up, hugging me, thanking me, telling me stories of, one guy lost his brother. One guy lost his his uncle just recently, and they're not sure what to do. How do they handle it? You know, and 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 I'm thirty thirty three years sober, and so this place is is to help with that. And I and I and I explained to them, guys, when Christopher when Christopher drowned, I wanted to run away, but I never once thought about picking up a drink. You know, mm-hmm. and if I can make it through that, there's nothing you can't make it through. You know, with each other. You know, I said, look around. The guy next to you is gonna. Save your sobriety or save your life. Because when I was early in sobriety, sometimes I didn't pick up because I didn't want to disappoint my friends in sobriety, my brothers, you know. So uh, we just had this wonderful time together. And then I shot up after a couple of rounds of golf and a few cigars, I shot up to to Sedona. And uh, and I had researched that I wanted to go up there and, and check out the vortexes and see what all that was about. And, and something drew me to this one website where it wasn't fancy trucks and, and Jeeps and 12 people in about a tour guide. And her name is, uh, it's not her given name, by the way, or, but her name is Crystal Starweaver. And and I saw her do something, at, uh, do a presentation at one of the hotels, and I had booked a, a, me, a tour with her. It was supposed to be three hours. We stayed out there four hours. And, uh, and the Vortex has had this wonderful magnetic magic feel. And halfway through, she looked at me and said, you know, I don't, I don't like to advertise it, but I'm a medium and, and your boy's been with you all the time. You know, he's he's so proud of you and he's so grateful to be on this path with you. And she said, mm-hmm. you know, you must have been another lifetime, been been siblings because you're you guys were friends as much as you were father and son. And that was true. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've been told that by a number of mediums. So we took one great picture. Uh, she took a bunch of pictures and one picture was me holding a holding up the setting sun from a distance. And she took three of those. And all three of them have a blue orb underneath about the same size, is about the same color. It's not, not about the exact same color as I have a tattoo of a cardinal on my right forearm and I have a blue green eye to remind me of my son. And that was so that was his, you know, thanks for coming, Dad. You know, thanks for making the trip. You know, and so it was just a little surprise from my boy. And mm-hmm. and I'll tell you, Christopher, being the youngest of ten kids from an Irish Catholic family from Buffalo, you say this, and somebody will say, "Well, what do you tell people who think that's wacky?" You know, I said, "I don't care." You know, I'm from a dysfunctional Irish Catholic family. I don't care what <laughs> anybody thinks, unless you lost a kid. Then I care a lot. You know, unless mm-hmm. you want to know more, then I really do care. Mm. Well, you know, at this point in your journey, I mean, over the years, you've gotten used to hearing mediums deliver these messages. You've even had your own experiences receiving messages. And I'm curious, though, like, when you first begun your exploration process, how skeptical of mediums and their abilities were you back when this all started? You know, I wasn't skeptical. I believed in the other side, and I believed in mediums the same way I believe in the Secretary of the Interior. 
right? Mm -hmm. No contact. I just, why would I doubt it, right? It's it's there. And that's how I felt. And in 2000, so 16 years before Chris crossed over, I went and saw a medium just out of curiosity to see what it was about. And I hadn't lost anybody in any urgent fashion. My parents were gone. I had a couple of older siblings gone, but in, in normal course, mostly, you know, so there was no real urgency or energy behind my my, my, my search. It was more like a curiosity or a spiritual quest, maybe. And, and about three quarters into it, I was, you know, tapping my shoes and looking at my watch because nothing was really clicking. And then right before she was about to wrap up, she said, you know, your dad's here and he's, and he's telling me railroad and he's holding a caboose. Now this is before Google or internet searches. This is 2000. And we were a railroad family. My dad spent 40 years on the railroad. All five boys worked on the railroad in college. My uncle Bill was a railroad. My grandfather, my mom's side. Behind me on my bookcase is a Canadian Pacific Railroad lantern because that's who we were. We're, we're blue collar. We're steel, you know, steel track people. You know, that's, that's who we were. And so when he sent that, that all of a sudden I knew it was real. Now, he didn't give me any secrets of the universe, Sarah. He didn't, you know give me the links of how to have a, a happy life. All he was telling me was that he was there. So I loved it. I shelved it, put it, filed it in my in my brain and moved on. 16 years later, when I needed it, that information was available. And I thought, if my dad's there and my Christopher just crossed over, then he's got to be there too. So how do I find him? What do I do? And so that, you know, I didn't realize that 16 years later was actually a divine search to help me, you know, in 2016 to find Chris, but it sure did. And, and he is there. And, and I actually was willing to, if, if, if I researched this all and it turned out to be bunk, then I'd just check it off the list and move on. But just the opposite. All it was, was reinforcement after reinforcement after reinforcement. And I spent 25 years as a car dealer in the car business. I'm not a very gullible guy. <laughs> you know, you're not going to, you're not going to mm. sell me a bill of goods, right? So, and, I, and, I, and I'm kind of a tough guy when it comes to, if this isn't it, let's find something else. But this was the answer. And so I've just, I've just kind of skimmed the surface of this stuff. That's why going to Sedona, going to, um, you know, Lilydale, all these things, I, I want to know more. I want to know more. You know, I was going to Sedona for two days and I had researched and made appointments and I had, you know, made reservations and I'd sought out the right people. So we're all going to the other side, you know, so why aren't more people interested in there? Because we're all going, man. Make your reservation. It's going, <laughs> you know, ho ho hopefully later than sooner, but we're all going. My my mom's recently past boyfriend um, always said, you bought the ticket, you take the ride. And after, you know, nobody gets out of here alive. And that's, you know, it's it's what you're saying is, you know, going and, and inquiring about the other side and exploring that realm is, is absolutely incredible, incredibly mystical, incredibly magical, and something that is never ending journey. And so for you to have started that and continue on that journey is, is beautiful. And so how I'm curious, I'm going to interrupt him for a second there. I want to ask you this real quick though. You know, your son had just passed your, you're meeting up with mediums. They're sharing information that you're able to connect with. I mean, how was this for you emotionally during great this question. whole time? You know what? what it, and that's a great question. And, and actually, the first medium that I contacted right after Christopher drowned was the same medium who I had seen in 2000. She had moved to Surprise, Arizona. And, uh, and next time I'm out in Arizona, I want to I run her down. And her name was Nancy Myers. And, and she was amazing and told me things that only I and Chris knew about his drowning, including Timberland boots untied and layered clothing, you know, wow. and, you know, things that, you know, this wasn't this, you know, this, this wasn't nationally known stuff. Right. And, uh, and so then I, I wanted, so I, I, I took that as far as I could go with phone interviews. And then, you know, the bottom line is a good medium can say, you know, you can't call back every week, you know, even if you're writing a check, right. There's, mm -hmm. You know, they're busy. Leave him alone. He's got some work to do. He's, you know, <laughs> you know, and he did. And so uh, the next move is I wanted to see somebody in person. I wanted to look into the eyes of somebody who was 
clairvoyant who could see my son. I wanted to look at him looking at my son's face. So I, I researched a, f- a few in the area. Bob Olson had a website, and there was a guy who was highly rated and, and about half hour away. So I made an appointment, and uh, midday, about noonish. And so that morning, uh, unbeknownst to anybody, anybody but myself and my son, I had ordered through Amazon some uh, shamrock seeds. Now you got And the second part of this is, I moved him from one grave next to the next one. I bought three plots, and got there and was mad when they interned him because when the, the snow melted, he was next to another family, you know, a husband and wife, and it looked like he was their kid, and he's nobody's kid but mine. So after stamping my feet a little bit, and I, and I wrote a check, we moved him over one spot. Now I'll occupy the one he was in. And that was typical, you know, he actually told the medium, that's so you pop, you know? So, um, <laughs> so it's like, I, so I went there and I, and two things I did before I left. One is I grabbed the shamrock seeds and then I grabbed a leather bracelet that he gave me when he was four or five, when we all went to Disney world and it said dad on it and it had goofy, you know, the character goofy on it. And so I, I put that on under my cuff and I went to uh, the grave and, and because they had just moved them over, the dirt was loose, and I planted shamrocks on the top and the bottom. And I and I went and saw the medium, man. And I walked in, and he said, "You know, you guys just celebrated some anniversary last night. What was it?" And I said, "That was my Sally and my wedding anniversary." He goes, "Yeah, your whole family was there. Yeah, it was Chris." He said, "Chris is grateful that you celebrated his birthday the way you always did, which we did. We went to Rana Japan, which we do with the kids, special birthdays, and." Uh, and we let go Chinese lanterns. And he said, you let go balloons or lanterns, which we did. And uh, he said, Chris acknowledges that you're wearing the bracelet he gave you, which was under my cuff. And Chris acknowledges you were planting something at his grave this morning. Now, nobody knew that, guys. Nobody. And and this was in five minutes, seven minutes of sitting down. So at this point, it was buckle up. This stuff's real. You know, mm-hmm. what else? What I need to get closer. I want to know more. Where do I go with this? You know, and all of a sudden I became a student and a seeker of this stuff. And it makes a difference because I know now as difficult as this is, and it's as heartbreaking as it is, he's not here in person. I'd rather walk in and say, hey, dad, what's for dinner? Hey, dad, can we order a pizza? But I don't have that option. But I do have the option to connect with him in certain ways. And I'm going to go to hell and back, or in this case, heaven and back to make sure I am able to connect with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, it's, it's interesting because throughout all this time, you've accumulated different ideas and perceptions and uh, concepts about the other side. And I'm curious to know through your own findings, how you perceive the other side to be and perhaps if Christopher has shared any information, if there's anything you'd like to share about sure. it. Sure. And, and you know something? I had no preconceived notions. I assumed there was a heaven. I assumed if you're a good guy, you get in. You may have to do some drills to get up there. But, you know, that was my assumption, right? Um, but what he's told me in and, and, and a number of ways, I mean, yeah, Chris has shared what it's like. I, so think about it. I, I'm like a clean chalkboard. I'm not sure what I think about any of this. So I'm open. But he told me that a couple of things, and it's really beautiful. And I was rereading some of the stuff that he had, he had told me. He said that this is our life on this side. And Christopher, you'll get this, is boot camp. Right when I went to St. Mm-hmm. Francis, we used to spend a week in August, three a days, and it was a boarding school, you know, for international students. So we'd sleep in the dorms for th- and do nothing but, but you know, practice, sweat, and it was grueling and wonderful, which is very much this side. And he said the other side, Dad, is a, is a beach house in Maui. You know, <laughs> you know it's, he said the air is, and, and he says things like. The air is green or blue, and it's love. It's like love air. He said, you're really not going to be able to grasp it till you get here. You know, but you really do what you want. He's surfing, he told me. He speaks French now. He's the smartest guy in the room. He doesn't have a learning disability. He doesn't have any addiction. You know, um, he works. He works with other kids, young kids that he, he, need, that he need help crossing over or to adjusting on the other side. Um, my Labrador, Casey is with him. I've been told that by a number of mediums that he's there with a, a white dog, uh, a big white dog, and she was an 80-pound lab. And and 
and he wouldn't when he was a teenager we had to put her down she was she wasn't going to make it and he wouldn't let us do it without her so it's amazing that he was there when she crossed over and she was there when he crossed over you know so uh reciprocal and and we've been told by mediums about Sally's father Sally's father died a number of years ago and they weren't close but he was an upland game hunter and he was you know he he was a collector he was a, a venture capital guy a difficult guy to be honestly but uh you know, interesting in his way. And he, and she said, you know, Thomas John said, your dad's here. And he's, he's, you know, he's, he's got a hunting jacket on and he's, he's walking the field and that's what he does. That's what makes him happy. That's his heaven. So I kind of, I kind of figured out that heaven's what you want it to be. What makes you happy? Christopher's beaches and, uh, and Jimmy Buffett music and surfing, you know, so in golfing. He loves he loves to golf. He said his game's coming together. You know, so <laughs> uh, you know if if you love baseball, which we did, I think there's there's baseball. There's so I think it's whatever is your paradise is what your heaven is, what your next life is. That's beautiful and really exciting to hear you talk about this. Um, I gotta tell I, you, it I, takes the fear away, doesn't it? It does. It absolutely does. And, you know, I just want to share really quickly, I'm not going to go into too many details um, for too long because I don't want to take away time from your story, but I do want to, I feel inclined to share um, a, an experience with myself with someone who had also crossed over. I, a spirit tends to visit me in dreams Mm -hmm. to give me messages. And I won't say the name of this girl because I have not spoken to her family nor if I give away details of how she passed, people would know who she is because it's a very rare thing. Um, But I didn't know her prior to her visiting me. She actually came to me seven days after she passed and she came to me in my dream. And I knew it was a spirit dream because she was communicating telepathically and everybody else in the dream that were like filling up space, they were talking using their mouths. So I knew like to focus on her, we'll call her, uh, we'll call her Susan. That's not her name, but we'll call her Susan. And Susan started sharing with me how she passed. Uh, she showed me the entire process. She showed me a lot of details about her life. And I asked her, I said, what's it like where you are right now? And she, she like took me there. It was wow. like, it was, uh, the most, I'm like shaking <laughs> recounting this cause it was the most beautiful, profound place that I have ever seen in my entire life, um, at least in memory in this human incarnation. And it was like the vast landscapes of earth on steroids, like never touched by man, you know, just completely raw and unadulterated and the colors that you've, you've never seen these colors before. And so when you said, Chris was saying about the air and the colors and like, that's what I saw. That's what I felt. And she was showing me how they were learning to essentially remember the, create powerful creators that their consciousness is and to, to, they were like in this training to forget the programming from the human condition and to reawaken to their ability to create in an instant with thought. And she said that it was a process. You know, she was feeling a little confused. She was new to like the whole experience. She was adjusting. Um, but she was showing me how people were creating things and relearning, like reawakening, coming home to themselves and just how much love there is so much love, love. (laughs) so much love. And, you know, I ended up finding out who she was the next day. Um, and it was undeniable. It was on my mind for a long time. I was too afraid to reach out to her family. I was afraid they weren't going to accept what I had to share with them. She did end up visiting me a couple more times in waking life, actually. Um, but once again, my ego got in the way. I got scared. I didn't reach right. out to her family. I wish I did. But it's maybe someday she'll come again. But my point is, I or just maybe someday to- she'll put her family in your path. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And so I'm leaving that up to her. I mean, uh, Crystal, she knows that. <laughs> Christopher sent me Crystal Starweaver. <laughs> you know? Right, that's mm-hmm. true, that's true. <laughs> From Buffalo, and, right? 
And spirit is so clever that way. And I just wanted to share that to kind of add on to the imagery that he has painted for you with what this other side could be for others. And it just, wow, how much freedom that brings. You know, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Joe. No, I was just going to say, you know, it just really coincides with everything many of these books talk about and, and discuss the other side. You know, it just everything really coincides so well. And when you said the lo- uh, the air is love, that just struck a deep resonance within me. It's like a knowing that you know, but we've all obviously forgotten. And right. so that those words that you uttered were just so powerful and to hear that. And then obviously with that story as well, I mean, it's just, it's, it's incredibly beautiful. You know, the nice thing is this, my, my, my oldest or my older sister and one of the older ones who was my favorite and, uh, and she was Christopher's (laughs) godmother and she passed away about a month and a half ago. She crossed and, uh, and Christopher had been preparing me for it and saying, you know, the minute she crosses over, I'll be there, dad, you know, she won't be alone. And, and her and her her siblings were, were also scheduled to, to to help her when she crossed over, and she had read my book, and then she'd gone to bed in hospice, listening to my book on 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 um, Audible, and and probably the greatest gift that I had gotten from her, and she was a real source of love and support in my life. I was kind of a wild kid, um, and I wanted to be a better person for her, and I loved her so much, and and she said to me. You know, I read your book, and, and I got to tell you, because I read your book, I'm not afraid to die anymore. Now, mm. how, you know, if, if nothing else comes of that, just that gift I was able to give her, you know, was was worth all the heartbreak and the work and, and all of it, you know. And then when I had gotten the message that when she'd crossed over that Chris was with her and that she greeted the family and and that she then – had to because even though she had shed her cancer's body when she crossed, there was still trauma connected with her soul because of that. So she had to go to like mm-hmm. a rehab, like a like a, a psychic, you know, mash unit for criminy's sake, you know, and to <laughs> heal to cast this off. So she was she was working on healing, and after she had gone, and you know, Christopher said to me. Look, he said, I was surprised when I crossed over and there was a learning curve. He said, it'll be a lot less for you because of what I'm telling you. You know, plus he's promised that he'd be there the second I walked across, stepped across, that he'd be there. So, you know, I'm in no hurry to go. I got two wonderful kids, a, a, a wonderful wife that doesn't realize how much, how, how far beyond myself I married when I married her. And uh, we're not going to tell her. And, uh, <laughs> and I, pun- I had punted my coverage with her. and and. So I've got work to do. I need this book to get out there. I need this book to be received. I need this to help people. And he's pushing me all the way to do this. But if I got a tap on my shoulder, Sarah, that said, hey, buddy, time to go, I'm good. Mm -hmm. I led a life beyond my wildest dreams. I get to go to this phenomenal place and spend the next, you know, lap with my kid. You know, so Mm -hmm. there's not a whole lot that scares me on this side. Mm. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And just kind of to recap here, you know, you were going to mediums, you were doing all of these things to get in touch with Christopher and obviously all the other messages you received beyond that. And so eventually you started receiving channeled messages through your writing. And so can you just talk about how that began? I will. You know what, on the uh, first anniversary of his crossing, so it was January 3rd. Um, at 2017, at three o'clock in the morning, and and our sessions are always at three o'clock in the morning. Actually, like he came to me in Sedona, and there's been a few drive-bys, but these sit-down where he's dictating to me messages come at three o'clock in the morning, and from three to four. And I thought it was because that was when he drowned, and I subsequently find out that that's actually what's considered the bewitching hour when when spirits are most active. You know. That's the same experience for me yeah. with my dreams. I usually wake up around between three or four, so yeah. I can validate that too. <laughs> right. And, and you know, those there are rules that, that we're not privy to, and we're picking them up along the way. Why is three or four o'clock? Because, you know, it's funny. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're the largest mammal, uh, uh, mammal on earth is the, uh, is the sperm whale, and it can only eat the smallest plankton. And, and you know why that is? 
because that's the way it is, you know, and that's the same, three, that's how I feel about this three to four o'clock. People say, well, why is that? And I said, you know, I don't write the rules. You know what I mean? I just, I, you know, at three or four, at three o'clock in the morning is when, you know, he, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's, that's when he gets phone privileges. I don't know, but I'm happy to accommodate to get this gift that I'm given. So, so I had gotten used to getting up and going in my office, which was his bedroom. So his spirit moves pretty clear, freely here. And I had been used to getting up and, and meditating and just aligning my chakra, things I'd picked up along the way. You know, light candles, sage, look, look, pull out different pictures of him, meditate. And then, you know, I just felt better. And then this night, a year, year into it, exactly one year into it, um, I'm going through my routine. And I get a message and it said, hey, dad, hey, pop, you're not going to believe it. It's beautiful here. It's blues. It's green. It's love. It's like, you know, we're wrapped in bubble wrap of love. You know, it's like, you know, so I, I there was a pen. It was a pen. It's funny. I picked up this pen. And Christopher, you'll get this being an old jack. You know, when you're on a hitting streak, you don't change, you know, wash your uniform or, or, or you know, do anything. You, 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 the superstition. You run with it. So, I, you know, there's one medium I'd been in a spiritual circle. And he had given me a big velocity pen. And I had a Staples uh, uh, legal pad on my desk. And I started writing these notes. And I started taking them down. And so every time to this day, I have a Staples. I'll go into Staples and buy 12, you know, uh, legal pads. And, and I'll go online and get a dozen boxes of these pens. Because I'm not going to test this. I'm not going to throw a jinx at it. So he started coming through with all these messages. And they were really unbelievable. And, and the reason I knew that there weren't me um, trying to put a salve on my pain was that he had came to come to me this one message and he said, dad, you know, you gotta, you gotta let go of it. You gotta forgive Scotty. He loved me and I loved him. He was just being him. Now what that was about was the kid's house who they drowned at you know, lake house in the, in, 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 in Wisconsin. And, um, and I had this resentment, you know, that they were maybe a little lax. I don't know, but the truth of the matter is this could have happened anywhere. These, these mm -hmm. boys were wild and, and they had a snoot full and they were kicking up their heels before the last weekend before going back to college. So, but, but I was, I was PO'd, you know, and, and so I had this resentment. And so I said, sure, Chris, you know, I'll, I'll let go of this resentment. No worries. And I thought, when am I going to see this kid again? You know, no problem. <laughs> you know, um, this is an easy one. F fast forward 12 hours at three o'clock in the afternoon, 40 kids showed up between his college friends and his neighborhood friends at the grave impromptu. They started texting each other. I showed up and I said, Sally, you got to see this. And we all, you know, I had a hockey cooler at that point full of of, of uh, Stella and cigars and we all just hung out and then wh who walks up to me and, and with tears in his eyes but but you know Scotty you know so I was able to embrace him he was preparing me for that moment so that I could let mm -hmm. it I could have let it go now that didn't come from me I wasn't ready to let that resentment albeit undeserved go but he was you know he knew better and at that point I knew this isn't this isn't me. You know, he's given me, he used an analogy of it should, life should be like a canoe going through water. Let me tell you guys, I'm never going to use an analogy about a canoe. You know, that's just not something that's going to be in my, in, in my vocabulary, but I'm writing it down. So those are, and then he said things like, uh, you know, dad, I know this scares you getting this close to the other side. And he's wrong. You know, it's, it's funny that being wrong is, is affirming. Because they're not God. They're not mm -hmm. omnipresent. They don't know everything. He misread that. And to me, that was a sign of legitimacy. You know, that this is real because he's dead wrong with this thing. You know, so, you know, I, I've taken these writings. I don't let the originals leave my office ever. Um, but I've copied them and taken them to mediums. They go, oh, yeah, that's him. That's Chris. And that was early on when I still wanted some proof, right, that the old man wasn't just going off the deep end here, you know, and, <laughs> and, and, and I got it. And now it happens. It still happens three, four times a month. And we sit down and we have this and he's talked to me about Marsha and he's, he's talked to me about, you know, what he's doing, what, what I'm doing, the book, 
he's insistent that I get this thing out there and help people. And then everything mm-hmm. else, he said, deals, bills, money, oh, that's BS. You know, none of that matters. This matters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Man, that's so wonderful. This is very powerful. Very powerful. And I know earlier you mentioned how, you know, what other people think doesn't really matter unless of course they've lost someone, then you're a little more patient there with them. Um, but you know, some people might say that you're just grasping at straws to avoid the finality of death and the loss of your son overall. And that would, I imagine would be really hard to hear, but what would you say to them? (laughs) (laughs) I don't care, but I will tell you, there was a guy named uh, Mancow who does a morning, he's a morning shock chuck here, pretty well known and a good guy, you know? So I was on his show and he said, you know, Joe, I got to tell you, I I really feel for you, but I'm not a believer in the other side. I just don't, you know, I don't believe in mediums. I don't believe in any of this. He said, and I know you've been through trauma. I said, and cow, bring it on. I'm a big boy. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to melt. <laughs> it's okay. So, but I will tell you that we had this great conversation and, and, you know, and, and I said, look, y- you don't need this knowledge now, but just take what I'm telling you and just put it somewhere where you may need to tap into it later when you need mm-hmm. that, you know, and then you're going to find some answers, you know, but you know, you, I, I'm not selling you anything. You know, but it's interesting that he said, can you stick around for a half hour? And we talked about, you know, uh, you know, the other side and, 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 and spirit and love and energy, you know, so I'm not sure if I left, if I have a convert, but I did a, I did a, an interview the next or the next day at a, at a, the Wilmette theater and he was in the second row. So, you know, I, it, if somebody's just not interested, change the channel, that's okay. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's not going to hurt my feelings and I don't care, but you know, there's just too many things out there, you know, that, 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 that prove that there's something. And I think how sad, how sad if you believe that, you know, everything that's out there, how sad if you think it's over, I feel very bad for you if you mm-hmm. think it's over. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because it's almost like you planted a seed or opened a door for him um, who usually there's an underlying fear of it that prevents people from wanting to open up to it. But it seems that something got through. Yeah. Um, and I find the same with people um, with skeptical friends of mine after they hear the millionth story of a spirit communicating in a dream that they couldn't possibly explain, you know, a lot of times then they'll start asking questions um, further down the road of just, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I, I, I find it refreshing to know that the right people will cross your path when they're ready for it. You know, and it, it, it says, you know, when, uh, it says, and, I, and I'm not a religious guy. You know, I went to 13 years of Catholic school, and the 13th ended with them asking me to leave. But you know, that's a series. Of, <laughs> that's a series of misunderstandings. Um, you know, but but you know that. But I but I do believe. You know, even in the Bible, it, it said, you know, all, all I need is a mustard seed of faith. You know, just a little opening, and then the rest mm-hmm. will happen. You know, and I think. In John 16, 16, it says, after a while, after a little time, you will see me no longer. Then again, after a little time, you will see me again. Now, so people want to tell me, you know, gee, you know, Catholic Church, you know, go back and look at the Bible. Look at the New Testament. It's all about, there's a ton of mediums. There's a ton about, you know, people coming back and reincarnation. You know, the guy Mm -hmm. that the whole church is, you know, based on came back and reincarnated. You know, and and, I, <laughs> and he's always said, Christ always said about miracles that this much and more you can do in my Father's name. You know, so mm-hmm. it's it's like, mm-hmm. or look at look at Hamlet, right? There are more things in heaven and earth ratio than are dreamt of in your philosophy, right? So, mm-hmm. so this is nothing new, right? This is I love when people call this new age. That cracks me up, <laughs> right? What, what was it? You know, um, you know, Rumi wrote in the 13th century. You know, goodbye are those goodbyes are for those who love with their eyes, because those who love with their heart and soul, there's no such thing as separation. That was the 13th century. So remind me why this is new age, please, Sarah. 
Exactly. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> preach, Joe. Preach. <laughs> so, where do you go from here? You know, the book is published. What are you? What have you got on your docket now? Yeah, you know, I do a lot of these interviews and, and try to get the word out. That's important. I was at in Balin's Ranch, and they asked me to speak, which was to the to the, at the fundraiser, and then I spoke to the boys, which was really, uh, uh, you know, really soul filling for me you know, hopefully making a difference. And then, you know, just keep pushing. I'll be in, uh, in California doing a book signing at book soup in June. I'm doing uh, a, a little ro- local restaurant that the, the owner loved my son, who was a friend of his son. So we're doing a book signing there, you know, and I just think, you know, that it's left foot, right foot for me. You know, I'm just, I'm just getting in and paddling and, and, and Chris is going to direct us where it's supposed to go. I think it's supposed to make a difference. Um, I'm starting a second book, you know, called Now What? And, uh, and, and, I'm, and I'm taking things that, that I just skimmed the surface on the first one. You know, this is, this is what I do. You know, this is who I am. And, 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 and I still have events of this side. You know, I had to get in early and work on deals all day today and get back here for this interview. But my life is full because I'm carrying a message and it's a message my son wants me to carry. And so what happens with that? I would love this thing to be like conversations with God, which was life changing for me or the secret, which was life changing, you know? Um, you know, so I think the feedback I'm getting from people specifically, you know, I, I did a, a, an interview, a Skype interview with uh, helping parents heal online. And, and I just think, you know, that I, I'm getting to these people and the word's getting out. And, and they're, you know, as, as uh, Susan Geisman wrote in her brilliant book, they're not gone, right? They're not gone. Mm-hmm. You got to, and, and people say, what do I do? I've been trying to reach my brother and I can't, hear. I said, try harder, you know, <laughs> try harder. <laughs> you know, what do you got to do to open up? I, 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 I have a book in front of me called Idiot's Guide to Communicating with Spirits. You know what I mean? What, what I'm going I'm to research and figure out any, I want any angle in that I can find out more because I want to be closer to him. And it's all about him. I, you know, people say, oh, you got some gifts and I've been invited to spirit circles. And I said, look, I don't want to be medium. You know, Christopher, you seem like a great guy, but I don't want to channel your great grandfather. I don't, you know what I mean? I, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm working on connecting with my son and healing other people because of that. And I think the good news is, you know, that's going to get me a walk for maybe some of the crazy stuff I did in the first half of my life. If I can just help a few people get that their kids aren't gone. It's not the same. It'll never be the same as walking in and, and, and hugging you and, and, and asking to borrow 20 bucks, you know, can I have the keys? It's not, but it's what, but it's all we got. So let's, let's, get as much of this as we can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you truly are doing some beautiful work just by living by example and sharing your story. And that's ultimately what connects us all as story. And so we really appreciate you. Um, yes, very much. You Me know, too. Doing I appreciate you too. I appreciate you. <laughs> I mean that. Well, where can our listeners follow you? I know that they're probably... I as no matter what walk of life they come from, they're yeah. probably curious to well, make sure they keep up with your journey. One, there's a website which, which you know, we, I, I try to get interviews thrown on there as they come in, and it's mysearchforchristopher.com. Um, my, you know, uh, Facebook, you know, is this magnificent thing that <laughs> that I started grasping more because of this than anything else. That I, I I keep people up to date on, you know, showings and interviews and and stuff like that. And and to be honest with you, you know my my email address is uh, J as in Joseph, B as in boy, my last name McQuillan M C Q U I L L E N at gmail dot com. Reach out, man. You know you you know I'm 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 happy. I I want to I want to reach out. I'm going to see a young man who because uh, uh, I'm 62. I'm old, Chris. I'm on my last dog <laughs> and my last pair of hockey skates. You know, um, but but you know there's a guy who who you know, maybe a year ago lost his son in a, in a kayak in Lake Michigan. And uh, when I was gone, a neighbor reached out to me and said, you know, can, can you sit with him? Can we talk? You know, because I think he's falling apart. And there's something Mm -hmm. about getting the message from somebody else who's walked that walk 
that, you know, a therapist isn't going to do it for me. A grief counselor isn't going to do it for me. Unless you lost a kid, I have a very hard time believing you can walk in my moccasins. But once mm-hmm. somebody walks in that mock, in your moccasins, I, you know, I, you know, so yeah, we're going to, we're going to spend some time Thursday or Friday, uh, this guy, you know, and just, and just be, and just talk and, 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 and maybe he's, he doesn't have to figure this out by himself. I sure didn't, you know, I didn't figure this out by myself. I was getting tapped on the shoulder all the time, you know, but I, but I will give myself credit for, I went looking, you know, I didn't wait for it to find me. And I think that's part of the secret with this whole universe is you got to go first. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to get up to the Golden Gate and have St. Peter look at me and say, dude, why didn't you ask? how enriching though to have those conversations as well and to be able to do that so that's that's great and and i encourage anybody that has experienced any sort of loss um such as this to reach out to joe um and buy the book and buy the book yeah amazon.com by the way it's it's in paperback or you know it's in in, it's in uh audible it's in kindle and i gotta tell you it's uh i've i've read scores of these books. There's a handful of really good ones, you know, and I, I'll tell you a funny coincidence. I was listening to a, uh, I was doing a, a coast to coast podcast and, uh, and, and I was doing a coast to coast podcast and there was a break and I, I started, I had read this guy's book and I just loved it. And I was trying to figure out where he was going to be next so that maybe I could, you know, plan a trip and go see him. And it turns out he he's coming in April to the exact same, uh, with the exact same person that had me at Wilmette Theater, um, at, at, you know, uh, you know, it, with her, you know, and I was like, oh my god, you know, and then I looked, she had a flyer printed with my, you know, with it was, her name's Jen Weigel, she does conversations with, with Weigel, and she had a, uh, she had a flyer printed, and, uh, and and on the back of it was his, <laughs> so I'm on, <laughs> I'm on the internet trying to figure out where he is. And there he is on the back of my, uh, uh, my uh, back of my own flyer. So, you know, those are kind of things that you just kind of laugh and say, you know, thanks for the joke. I get it. The synchronicities of life are <laughs> absolutely incredible, especially when you're open to them. <laughs> yeah, especially when and and when and when you when you're in on the joke, you know, when you're in yeah. on the joke, yep. you know. So yeah, re- we laugh man. all the time. <laughs> if you need something, reach out. Get a hold of me. I'm in. Well, we really appreciate you sharing space with us tonight, Joe. We got um, more than 20 uh, minutes in, Sarah, you and me. We got more than 20 minutes, and that We're means- We're at 48 and ticking, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so we really, really appreciate you coming on to the show. And once again, thank you for everything. Just yeah. thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you, guys. And go Bills. What an inspirational story, a man who's truly, truly found the beautiful light in the darkest of storms. We hope you guys found this inspirational, and we will see you for the next Soul & Wonder podcast episode.